Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, Sustainability the Green Game. This podcast is brought to you by Bring Back Green Foundation. It is an initiative trying to resolve the climate crisis through active engagement of youth communities. This is your host Shahla along with Akhilesh, the co-founder of Bring Back Green Foundation. In this podcast, we discuss about humanity's war on climate change, aka the Green Game. We dive deep into curated topics and try to analyze solutions on various climate and social issues. So stay tuned and enjoy the path to discovery of a new world. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of our podcast. From today onwards, we'll be starting a new series called Youth and Climate Change. In this series, we'll be discussing about youth initiatives and how they have influenced or shaped the modern-day climate change movement. In this series, we shall be discussing and talking with young climate and social activists on their experiences and thoughts on the climate movement. So today we'll be talking with Teresa Ross Sebastian, who is a climate and social activist. Uh, hi, Teresa. Hey, what's up? Good. Uh, so I think I can call her Tessie. Perfect. Okay. So hi, everyone. My name is Teresa, but everyone kind of calls me Tessie. I think Akilaj has um, described me pretty well. I am a social and climate justice activist originally from India. Um, but I'm living here in Ireland. I'm studying in plus one and I'm looking forward to this. Okay, so I think we'll be discussing about, you know, the relevance of youth and their involvement in climate change movement. So the first question that I would like to ask you is, you know, what is the uh, relevance of youth communities in climate change? and specifically, you know, in terms of climate justice and the movement? Yeah, um, I think when we ask ourselves this question, we have to go into the roots of asking, you know, why are the youth there? And I think that's because, you know, it's our futures at stake. You know, growing up, you know, we all have our dreams of being this big career. And now that we've come to the point of whether, you know, where you're a teenager or young adult, you're seeing that possibility diminish. You know, you're seeing the possibility of having a future basically walk away from you. And I think that's why a lot of the youth communities have been fighting for this climate justice, because without like climate action um, in small amounts are not good enough. You know, that's why we need climate justice, because without that, the futures of millions are at stake. And, you know, it's the futures of, you know, future lawyers, future doctors, future artists. You know, it's, we, we are seeing the possibility of having a future. You know, this is not something that a lot of people have experienced. Um, it's always marginalized individuals who have seen this. But young people, um, regardless of race or, you know, culture or, you know, identity, they're seeing their futures at stake. They're seeing the fact that if they don't fight now and if corporations and companies and governments don't put in action, then there is no future for them. I think that's why a lot of these uh, climate movements, a lot of the people, you know, protesting and fighting for climate justice are young people. And that's because we just cannot afford not to go out there and fight for it because we're fighting for our lives 
and we're fighting for the generations to come because we all want to experience you know life we all want to experience the future ahead of us we want to see ourselves reach the position of our dreams and it's our dreams and our futures at stake which is why i think that there's a huge amount of young people in this movement that's really true you know uh, youngsters all across the world are facing with this same problem that they don't know how secure their future is or if they will have a future in the first place uh, just see if i am studying in australia and i have experienced the bushfires and the impact it had on the youngsters and citizens also you know the covid crisis presently is like a very big threat to all the people across the world we are losing jobs there is, the chances of having a very good life is diminishing for a lot of people and i think it has something to do with climate change as well so that's one of the reasons why every youngster is kind of protesting or coming to the spotlight uh, demanding action the the main reason as you said is we are afraid we don't know if we have a good future ahead of us and things like that i think this is the main reason why youngsters are coming out and they're demanding justice and this justice is rightfully theirs because it's their futures that is at stake exactly i think you're completely right you know it's it's a justice that we need it's not something you know we're just looking to get it's because we can't afford not to have it like if you look at it right now um countries in the southern hemisphere they don't have time to wait like climate crisis is not just a yearly um a yearly occurrence for them it's becoming a daily occurrence you know people in the southern hemisphere those who aren't causing this are being affected every single day and that is because of the climate inaction that our governments and um big companies have been leaving us in and that's why you know it's the young people as well i think that comes back into the idea of when you grow up society pushes you to hide your true feelings you know it tells you that they're not good enough it tells you that they're wrong but as a young child or a young adult you know you have not entered um that stage of complete filtration you know as a young adult or a young child you speak your mind you see the truth and you will speak about it because you have not been indoctrinated into the society of thinking you know what you feel or what you say is wrong because it doesn't go with what the top 5% are saying i think that's why a lot of young people are out here speaking about it it's because they know this is the truth they know that this is a science and they know that if they don't keep the climate conversation going then there won't be a future and i think again that comes back into why we are fighting for this yeah that's true uh, we have discussed in earlier episodes also i guess about the large inequality that exists between communities that you know countries such as usa or china or those who are in the top 5 or top 10 they pollute more but the countries on the bottom suffer you know like countries in central africa or uh, as you said the countries in southern hemisphere they suffer the wrath of climate change more than the people who should be actually you know being more affected by it because they are the ones who in turn is the cause but it's not to say that their communities don't get affected but they do get affected but there is a large divide in between who who is getting the effects more and who who isn't 
definitely i think that again comes back into colon- colonialization you know these countries who went out there and conquered um countries in the southern hemisphere they have ingrained into that system so much that you know it's always the countries of the northern hemisphere you know in business we study about the different sectors there's the tertiary sector which is more you know providing services and then there's the primary sector and the primary sector does the entire manufacturing and if you look at it a lot of the countries in the southern hemisphere don't have near to any search a tertiary sector they're almost all in the manufacturing process and that is because countries in the global north have forced these countries um in the days of uh, the colonialization to work just on manufacturing so that their people um would not have to do what they would call the labor work or the dirty work and then it's ingrained in our system that people in the the southern hemisphere the countries that were colonized that they would be working the hardest for the top 5% of the top hemisphere to you know enjoy from and that you really have to look at that to see the effects of why it's a southern hemisphere that's being affected the most and that's because colonization has put these people the people in the southern hemisphere as those who are to do the manufacturing they are the ones it's their countries that the pollution is coming out of but the product that they are producing is for those in the higher hemisphere so that's just i think another reason as to why it's these countries that are suffering the most so now i actually want to ask you a question of how can we provide or facilitate awareness process uh being a young person to others yeah i think i mentioned before you know we don't we speak our mind we speak the truth and i think it's important to keep this communication going you know you can start small start at home with your family it can go from the basic you know telling your parents to go plastic free and that in its in its effect will make change because as young people you know our parents kind of listen to us they especially as young children um i know that my brother he would t- tell my parents he's kind of learning off me you know he would tell my parents you know like let's not buy plastic you know it's not good and in turn the par- my parents have they've started to buy less plastic we reuse nearly all of the plastic we have in the house and that entire communication process it's really powerful because you know the people really do have the power when you and like for example if you look at Greta Thunberg when she started off she was one climate striker she talked to people she spread her message and now look at the movement the movement has millions of people all over the world and you know every young person or every person that is concerned and passionate they have that power to make change and communication is a really important platform because we're very lucky in this century to have social media you know social media can bring the message from one person in india to people all over the world and it's a really important platform to use because you can really make a change and there's no such thing as you know little awareness there's no such thing as you know not enough awareness any um sort of action any sort of communication does that and we just need to make sure that we keep this climate conversation going and you know young people can do that whether they contact their local politicians and you know keep them accountable you know ask them you said this where is the action keep them accountable because it's important that when we elect these people they know that they have a pe- person to respond to they know that they have someone to keep them accountable and i think as young people we have that responsibility because you know this is our future at stake and communication keeping people accountable and just bringing that climate conversation with you can really make the difference yeah i think that is 
very important but that brings up the question you know are the young people recognized in the activities they do for the climate change movement or you know just any social movement or awareness uh, and things like that yeah i think that again that depends on um each country each household but i do know that if you ask someone about a climate strike you know the first thing that they would like the first demographic um they would say is young people and that's because you know we're out here we are being heard are we being taken seriously maybe not but our voices are out there you know people they listen um like i know in my government here in ireland um we had this youth parliament where we were the first young people that weren't elected officials to go into our parliament and discuss climate issues you know but there are other countries for example in singapore where you know climate striking is legal protesting in any form is illegal and i just think that's where international solidarity comes in you know for example a country like mine we can stand behind our fellow protesters in singapore and support them because our voices may be getting may be heard right now but our brothers and sisters voices in these other countries are not and i think are we being recognized for it yes but are we being taken seriously no because if we had been then germany would not be starting up another coal plant um india would not be having all of these environmental laws basically just destroyed you know countries like america would not be um allowing more pipelines to be built you know we we aren't being taken seriously but that's exactly why we're going to continue we're not going to stop just because they've heard us once or twice like our, our government they have said that they've heard us but the reality is no you know they're they literally just um stopped fracking a few months ago even though they had declared a bill 2 years ago you know it's just we're not being taken seriously but we're going to keep fighting we're going to keep standing in solidarity until we are being taken seriously also i would like to ask you you know what do you think uh, is the reason the politicians uh, don't listen to us or the questions we raise uh, we don't get the necessary answers is it because we are too young to be in their vote bank or do they think we don't have enough power or is there something like that what are your thoughts on this yeah i think i think it's because you know they think we're not you know as good as them or as educated them or like there's two perspectives to this there's a perspective that we're not educated enough or we not we're just you know it's just child's play because for example like if you think about it when a young child comes up to you and talks to you about something you kind of dismiss it on the basis that they're a child and i think that's what happens a lot you know it's like oh they'll give you a pat on the back and tell you you're doing a great job but they're not going to take you seriously because they feel it's just child's play now that's one perspective the other perspective is that the idea and the the power of capitalism has put a woolen cloth over their eyes you know they've no longer put people in front of what they get they put profit over people and that's one of the reasons why a lot of countries don't listen is because they just they've just been engulfed into this idea that capitalism is the best for them that you know people are not as good as profit and that's why they don't listen so there's these two perspectives it's either that they dismiss us on the idea that it's just child's play or they just have been engulfed in this capitalism that people are no longer as important as profit but even though they necessarily don't care about uh, you know climate change or they disbelieve these things it's a very big reality that's in front of us also the fact is a lot of people a lot of people 
uh, almost you know around half the population is facing echo anxiety and it's and it's a reality people are afraid of their lives afraid of their livelihood uh, but still these politicians don't recognize the issue or they just think you know uh, it's we don't have to act on it why do you think that is so yeah i just again it's that ignorance like that you know that's just pure ignorance you know i i feel like a lot of these governments that are not doing anything it's because they have this kind of idea that it's them you know it's that individual above all and and i mean that in the sense that it's like they put themselves they put their wealth their luxury their um living resources above the people and i just think that's preposterous um it is appalling to know that you know in some countries people don't care about the people that they've been elected to take care of um and especially when it comes to, like climate crisis like i think the idea i think eco anxiety is not taken seriously because they don't first of all there's a president that doesn't even accept the root cause of eco anxiety which is the climate crisis and when you have people that just deny the science over and over again it obviously like in america um there's there's places in uh pennsylvania that are just drifting apart like places in kerala are. but they've got a president that does not even believe in the climate crisis so the level of eco anxiety is so high but there's no way there's no official um way to help help yourself get better because there's such a public disagreement that the climate crisis is a real thing um and that's because there's this propaganda being pushed that it's not as serious as it is but it the truth is it is and it's just it's crazy to think that there are people out there in power um that just don't believe in the science and therefore that is having a knock on effect um that inaction is having so many knock off effects from the very aspect of an individual's per- uh, mental health to the very aspect of a person's physical security um so it, it's it's just appalling so the last thing that i would want us to discuss is about schools you know the most amount of creative time that a youngster spends might be in school or the educational institution they go to and i think it should be made mandatory that they teach these students about climate change or you know sustainability and things like that it shouldn't just be limited to a very small portion in their science textbooks and the irony is that they teach uh, about greenhouse gases about the problems related to pollution waste management and things like that but the school itself might be burning uh, the waste of their institution and you know it's 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 really horrible do you think that we need to make a systemic shift in our education and bring in you know a new curriculum or new amendments should be made uh, in the way we teach to our next generation of kids Yeah no I'm as as an activist both on the social and climate level a huge part of my adv- uh, advocacy is education and I think it's so important because you know you send your child to school or you go to school for that school to basically provide you with the tools for the future you know that school provides you with the education with the social skills with the skills that you need 
for the future and to think that we're still learning just the, the basic um, greenhouse gas emissions when we have places burning, when we have places flooding, when we're actually seeing what this crisis is right now in history. Um, it's, it's appalling to think that we're only learning about the basics of it. And I think sustainable education is a huge way that we can tackle um, that entire sense of, you know, that just that maybe could be ignorance or maybe could just be genuine, like not enough knowledge about the climate crisis. And I think educating the young people about the reality, about the real consequences can truly change the mindset of a lot of people because, you know, we are the next generation to come and to think that we're not fully equipping our next generation with the tools we need to fight for the future um, is, I think, it's it's a crazy idea to not have sustainable education. And I think it's important as well when it comes to sustainable education that it's both practical and in theory because, you know, sustainable education, we need to be given the tools on how to be sustainable because there's a lot of the times, you know, a lot of activists sometimes or a lot of organizations are like, go be sustainable. And it's just, there's a question in the back of a lot of people's minds, which is okay, is, you know, how, how do I do this? And I think starting at the school, starting at a complete grassroots level where the schools um, teach you the first things you know, it's very important that these are life skills that everyone should know because this is a change that all of us needs needs to do and it's a change that needs to be ingrained in us and it's a change that needs to start at the very beginning uh, so do you think you know we should have it in our core framework of education that climate education uh, should be one of the main part of the future education or th- things that we have to change amend in our educational curriculum Definitely. I think because of how serious and because of how prominent it is right now in our society and in our future, we need that climate education. We need to have the science because it's it's the crisis that is defining our lives. You know, it's the crisis that most likely defines our future, whether we will live past 2050, whether our children will live past 2050. And I think it needs to be a core element because it's that important. We need to give the importance of the climate crisis to it and we need to be educated and ready for it so that the future generations to come and this generation themselves know what it is, know how to be more sustainable and know how to ask for a sustainable future. All right. Uh, I think we'll wrap things up right now. It was a really informative session. I think the people who are listening to it can understand uh, the depth of importance of youth uh, coming into the forefront of the climate movement and things like that. What are your closing suggestions to people who are watching this? What do you think as a youth they should start doing and things like that? I, I think that, you know, every action, whether that be on an individual or systemic le- level, does make a change. And, you know, you're never too small to make that change. Um, gra- grab your family, grab your friends, grab anyone in your community. Go out there and make that change because, you know, as a person, as a community, we do have the power and we need to use that power to fight for a sustainable future, not just for yourself, but for the people to come. And I think you as an individual um, alongside your community have that power. So go out there and go conquer the world. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information on sustainability and how you can start a change, 
follow us on Instagram at bbg.initiative and visit our website bringbackgreen.com. Tune in to our next episode. Until then, stay safe, stay green.